This podcast contains content and language not suitable for some listeners. Welcome to Oddities and Curiosities, a podcast about murder, the paranormal, and other oddities sure to pique your curiosity. We are Amanda and Brittany. Where are we? Dun dun dun. <laughs> <laughs> this week is episode 10. We are doing dissociative identity disorder yeah. or multiple personalities. Whatever. Whatevs. Same, yeah. same. Be all technical with it. Yeah. So it's going to be a good one. And we're celebrating because it's 10. Episode 10. It's number 10. Yeah. That's the big one. Oh, we're in double digits. Holy shit. We're like preteens. Oh my God. Oh my God. This is big. So big. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Becky. Look at her butt. (laughs) It is so big. (laughs) Okay. So, we're coming to y'all on a Wednesday. Yes. Hump day. Hump day. What we got, babe? And our hump day treat this week is uh, coming to us from Sweetport Ice Cream. Yeah. It, um, they started out as like a food truck, like an ice cream truck. Okay. And now they have their very own brick and mortar building. I think they've been there for like a year now. Um, it's on Line Avenue, like uh, Line and Gladstone. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah, yeah. super retro, super cute. Like it's very like 1950s vibes. It's awesome. Oh, hell yeah. But all of their, um, all of their ice cream is made in house and has cute little names associated <laughs> with Louisiana, um, specifically the Shreveport Bossier area. Yeah, y'all have to go check out the names. Yes, they're great. Um, the one we got tonight is my personal favorite. It's called Bistino Campfire Nights, mm. and it's toasted marshmallow ice cream topped with graham cracker crumbles and chocolate sauce. Yes, 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 it is. It's it's, it's delightful. <laughs> delicious it's, it's a I mean, s'more say that, but yeah it's, it's, a s'more. it's a s'more in a cup yes so delightful <sighs> so y'all have to go check them out and then it wouldn't be a regular us ONC hump day <laughs> without some alcohol <laughs> so uh tonight we are drinking menage a trois moscato yeah because there may be a third person here we don't know <laughs> we don't know we don't know what's going on inside our heads <laughs> i have no idea Speaking of, <laughs> in honor of multiple personalities, we've decided to tap into our own, and I'm going to tap into my inner Brittany. And me, my inner Amanda. So what we did is we wrote each other's topics. I let Brittany pick hers, and I got to pick mine, but then we each wrote it for each other, and we have not read them. We have we know what they're on, because we got to pick them, obviously. Mm-hmm. But we have not read them. This is going to be um, a total. It's either going to be super awesome or, <laughs> or a shit show. Or we'll just really, wait and see. <laughs> we're trying it out. We just we, we just wanted to do something a little bit different. So. Something fun, yeah. Because we're celebrating. Hell yeah, we is. 
Okay. I'm excited. Before we jump right into it, I wanted to um, just take a second. Oh, wait, 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 wait. What? I was jumping too far. Holy crap. Yeah, wait. Follow us on the things. Yeah, all the things. Facebook, Insta, and Twitter. Yes, if you want to see pictures from from the episode from our cases oh my god what is wrong with us we i don't losing know it. apparently you lose your brains when you get to double digits apparently that's just what happens because i lost mine a long time ago i mean kids do it right <laughs> yeah <laughs> mom brain is real okay so wait wait what are we oh yeah follow us on all the stuff yes. facebook oddities and curiosities podcast insta is oddities and curiosities pod and we post all of the episode pictures on both of those platforms go look at them when we say go to the notes that's what we mean go those to the, are your notes those kids. are the notes y'all go we're, there we're providing you we're giving you all of the tools that you need to see all of the awesome awesome stuff that we're talking about just just do it yeah and if you ever want to contact us uh you can message us on all those or you can hit up our email. We have an email. We do have an email. Oddities and Curiosities Podcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Right there. Wait, is it pod or podcast? Podcast. Okay. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm pretty sure, but now you're making me want to double check myself. Pause. It's pod. Oddities and Curiosities oh, Pod at Gmail. Ow. Uh, we're just we're gonna get. We've our had shit to together. do like just different ones, so I get them confused. I know. Well, I do too. Obviously, obviously, <laughs> it's fine. Okay, we are totally okay. In case y'all didn't notice, mm-hmm. we're, everything's fine. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So now, now that we've gotten that out of the way, <laughs> <laughs> um, I just wanted to kind of go over what dissociative identity disorder is, and I got. All this info from clevelandclinic.org. Dissociative identity disorder, or DID, is a mental health condition. People with DID have two or more separate identities, and these personalities control their behavior at different times. Each identity has its own personal history, traits, likes, and dislikes. DID can lead to gaps in memory and hallucinations. Mm Mm-hmm. It used to be called multiple personality disorder or split personality disorder. So um, DID is very rare. The disorder affects between 0.01 and 1% of the population. It can occur at any age. And women are more likely than men to have DID. Hello. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but they cause it. Trucies. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. (laughs) DID is usually the result of sexual or physical abuse during childhood. Sometimes it develops in response to a natural natural disaster or other traumatic events like combat. The disorder is a way for someone to distance or detach themselves from trauma. It's like self-preservation. Sure. Yeah. They're trying trying to um, preserve themselves mentally so they... Just create this it's how they cope. other persona. Yeah. yeah. It's how they cope with it. To, it makes to sense. save themselves. So what are the signs and symptoms of DID, you ask? A person with DID has two or more distinct identities. The core identity is the person's usual personality. Alters are the person's alternate personalities. Some people with DID have up to 100 alters. 
or more. <laughs> Altars tend to be very different from one another. The identities might have different genders, ethnicities, interests, and ways of interacting with their environments. Yeah. Sounds like a good time. Yeah. Good stuff. Mm-hmm. Other common signs and symptoms of DID can include anxiety, delusions, depression, disorientation, drug or alcohol abuse, memory loss, suicidal thoughts, or self-harm. Uh, I may or may not have checked a few of those boxes. Minus delusions and suicidal thoughts. You don't have to thoughts. tell all your stuff, woman. <laughs> Don't put all your business out there. We are not self-diagnosing today. No, no, no. Mm -mm. Let's just click on out of that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, are you ready to read your case? (laughs) Yeah, I'm kind of (laughs) scared. It's good. I have, um, let's just give you guys a little bit of insight on my uh, core personality here. (laughs) I have serious control issues. Mm-hmm. I'll just go ahead and admit that. Just throw that on out there. I cannot believe I got Brittany to do this, y'all. <laughs> I was shocked when she said, yeah, to be reading something that someone else put together for me is stressing me out a little bit, but we're going to do this. It's fine. I have wine. You have what? You should trust me. I'm just going to take another drink. <laughs> take a drink. <laughs> take, drink the whole, drink it. I can do elevator music. What? Bottoms up for <laughs> Bot- a moment. Bottoms up for Brett. Uh, I would do bottoms up for me, but it looks like that's only going to be a little bit. It's really good. It is really good. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I'm going to be telling you guys about uh, Billy Milligan. Yeah. William Stanley Milligan was an American citizen who was the subject of a highly publicized court case in Ohio in the late 1970s. After having committed several felonies, including armed robbery, he was arrested for three rapes on the campus of Ohio State University. In the course of preparing his defense, psychologists diagnosed Milligan with multiple personality disorder. His lawyers pled insanity, claiming that two of his alternate personalities committed the crimes without Milligan being aware of it. He was the first person diagnosed with dissociative identity disorder to raise such a defense, and the first acquitted of a major crime for this reason, instead spending a decade in mental hospitals. So, according to my notes here, (laughs) we should go to the notes and look at the picture labeled Billy. Isn't he cute? Ew. <laughs> no, he, he is so incredibly dirty. I know. He just looks like he oh needs a bath. Oh, my gosh. So bad. He needs to shower. He um definitely looks like he could be a character on Dazed and Confused. Oh, without a doubt. He would be Matthew McConaughey's bud. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> definitely. I see that. Super 70s hairdo, super Mm -hmm. 70s mustache. Go to the notes. You know what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. It says Billy. I mean, you can't miss it. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I don't know why, but when you said his name like that, it made me... You're going to laugh at me. It made me think of the musical Chicago. (laughs) Here comes Billy. We want... Billy. <laughs> Very nicely done, ma'am. We need to watch Chicago. <laughs> Hell yeah, we do. 
That's the shit. I do love Chicago. I know. I haven't seen it in years. Do you like sing with it? Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Did we just become best friends? (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Okay. Back on track. Okay. Milligan was born on Valentine's Day in 1955 in Miami Beach to Dorothy Milligan and Johnny Morrison. Mm Mm-hmm. Dorothy Milligan grew up in Ohio farm country and lived in Lancaster with her previous husband. They divorced, and Dorothy eventually moved to the Miami area where she worked as a singer. Get it, go? Uh-huh. There, she began living with Johnny Morrison. Dorothy and Morrison had two other children, a son, Jim Milligan, in October 1953, and a daughter, Kathy Jo Milligan, born in December 1956. They had an affair. Shh. that was a very amanda comment yes it was (laughs) morrison struggled with fatherhood meeting the medical expenses overwhelmed him he borrowed more gambled more drank more was hospitalized for acute alcoholism and depression in 1958 in what appeared to be a suicide attempt dorothy found him slumped over the table half a bottle of scotch and an empty bottle of sleeping pills on the floor A few months after this attempt, on January 17, 1959, Johnny completed suicide by carbon monoxide poisoning. Billy was only four years old. Mm. That's so sad. I know. Okay, so, if I'm reading this correctly, his biological father Mm -hmm. was married to somebody else. Or was his mom still married? his mom was still married to his biological dad. Okay, so they never divorced. She just took off. She hooked up. No, it says they divorced. They did, but they... So, she was married to Chalmer Milligan. Okay. Okay, she met Johnny Morrison, who was a comedian. Okay. And they did their thing and ended up having two kids together. And in the process, her and home dude Chalmer got divorced. Oh, okay. So there was overlap. Yeah, there was okay. definite overlap. Okay. Okay. Sorry. I no, sh- that's I sh- okay. I just, I was trying to understand. And then, so Morrison couldn't hang with being a daddy. Right. So. Get it, girl. And left her with three kids. Yes. His brother, his sister, and Yes. Him. Okay. Now, back <laughs> on track. Dorothy took her children and moved away from Miami, eventually returning to Lancaster, Ohio. Oh, good. (laughs) I told you. I told you. Where she remarried her ex-husband. This marriage lasted about a year. In 1962, she met Chalmer Milligan. He had a daughter, Chala, the same age as Billy, and another daughter who was a nurse. Dorothy and Chalmer married in Circleville, Ohio, on October 27th, 1963. Damn, woman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have an Amanda voice. Damn, woman. <laughs> there. Well, how was that? Channel it. Channel it. <laughs> <laughs> here. Here we go. Damn, woman. <laughs> Damn, woman. Like, <gasps> Oh, I did yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> you did it. That was scary. <laughs> oh, no. You have now entered the twilight zone. <laughs> <laughs> I can't with you. It's okay. At his later trial, Chalmer was blamed for abusing Billy. 
Billy accused him of raping him, burying him alive, and hanging him from the ceiling by his fingers and toes. What in the actual fuck? Yeah. The abuse caused Milligan's personality to splinter. It was never proven, though. What was evident was that he had multiple personalities from a very early age, however, with his first three, no-name boy, uh-huh. Christine, uh-huh. and Sean, appearing by the time he was five years old. No-name boy? I don't know. That's just what it said in the article. That makes me sad. I know. But, like, why didn't he get a name? That's not fair. Oh, there's plenty of names. Christine and Sean got names. I don't know. No name was his first. Like, it was his experiment, I guess. I guess he was little. He was four. Five. (sighs) Whatever. Four and a half. (laughs) Whatever. Four and three quarters. (laughs) God. In 1975, Milligan was imprisoned at Lebanon Correctional Institution in Ohio for rape and armed robbery. He was released on parole in early 1977 and was required to register as a sex offender. In October 1977, Milligan was arrested for raping three women on the Ohio State University campus. He was identified by one of his victims from existing police mug shots of sex offenders and from fingerprints lifted from another victim's car. Okay, now I'm told mm-hmm. to go look at the poster in the notes. Mm-hmm. Well, he got better looking. <laughs> mm, um, no. No. <laughs> uh, that, was, that was being totally Let's sarcastic. Let's see, this is... It just gives like a little description on the side okay. of what he did. So this is um, a very snazzy picture of him in his um, collared shirt. Mm-hmm. And thinning hair. <laughs> a little bit. But anyway, yeah, it kind of tells you, sorry, I was like looking at him. His eyes were staring at me. It's freaking me out a little yep, bit. Yep, he's got, he's got the eyes. Crazy eyes. He got rid of the stash, though, so. And that's a step in the right direction. Not against all. I don't know. I think I kind of like him better with it. I'm not against all mustaches. I'm against that mustache. Any mustache that like curls around your lips like that. Oh. It's not okay. Or like when they sit there and play with it with their bottom lip. Uh, uh, and like tuck it. You know what I'm talking about? Yes. Where they tuck it in. Oh, gosh. Stop. Uh, stop. I'm like, how do you do that? What? <laughs> <laughs> very, very carefully. <laughs> Hairball. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty. Y'all like, y'all like my sound effects? <laughs> Pretty. Oh, my God. <laughs> Okay, so, the first rape was on October 14th, 1977. Milligan pointed a gun at an OSU optometry student and took her from a campus parking lot to a wooded area. When it was over, he made her write a check and cash it for him. (laughs) Oh, my God. It's like the old version of robbing somebody in an ATM. Oh, my gosh. I can't even... One of the women told an investigator that the rapist had a German accent, though Milligan was born in Florida and raised in Circleville and Lancaster. Another said the rapist had been nice enough that, in different circumstances, she might have considered dating him. (laughs) Girl! What the actual? (laughs) Girl! Yeah. Uh, mm. Uh, mm, No. No. No, honey. (laughs) She's going through some of her own shit then. Yeah. Oh, my... Okay. She likes that freaky shit. 
Okay. (laughs) A subsequent psychiatric report spelled it out. A 23-year-old Yugoslavian named Reagan had taken over Milligan's consciousness and decided to rob some people. But before Reagan could rob anyone, a 19-year-old lesbian named Adelina took Mm -hmm. over Milligan's body and raped the woman because she wanted to feel close to someone. The other personalities, including Billy, had no memory of that. Reagan. So Reagan is the Yugoslavian robber. Mm-hmm. And Adelina is the 19-year-old lesbian mm-hmm. rapist. Yes. Okay. Yes. Okay. <laughs> I, I got these two straight. Since he had a gun during the crime and guns were found in a search of his residence, he had violated his parole as well. He was indicted on three counts of kidnapping, three counts of aggravated robbery, and four counts of rape. He then stayed in the Ohio State Penitentiary. In the course of preparing his defense, he underwent a psychological examination and was diagnosed with acute schizophrenia. He was then examined by a psychologist at Southwest Community Mental Health Center in Columbus, Ohio. During this examination, they concluded that Milligan suffered from dissociative identity disorder. Milligan's public defenders pleaded an insanity defense, and he was committed until such time as he regained sanity. The hospital kicked him out three months later because his behavior was too disruptive. Yeah. Shame on you, Billy Milligan. My God, would you just behave? How bad... How bad does his behavior have to be for a mental health institution (laughs) to kick him out knowing that he's been diagnosed with the things he's been diagnosed with? Well, it was also the 70s, but I mean, pretty bad. I I would imagine pretty, pretty bad. Milligan was sent to a series of state-run mental hospitals such as the Athens State Hospital where, according to his report, he received very little help. While he was in these hospitals, Milligan reported having 10 different personalities. These 10 were the only ones known to psychologists. Later on, an additional 14 personalities labeled the undesirables were discovered. Among the first 10 were Arthur, a prim and proper Englishman who was in an who was an expert in science, medicine, and hematology. Alan, a manipulator, Tommy, an escape artist and technophile, Reagan Vatiskovanich, ooh, nailed it. Yeah. A Yugoslav communist who Milligan claimed had committed the robberies in a kind of Robin Hood spirit. <laughs> and Adelena, a 19-year-old lesbian, shy, lonely, and introverted, who cooked for all the personalities and craved affection and who had allegedly committed the rapes. Milligan received treatment from psychiatrist David Call, mm-hmm. who diagnosed the additional 14 personalities. All of the doctors who interviewed Billy all basically said the same thing, that they could tell when he switched personalities. They were very distinct. His speech pattern was different. His accents were different. He sat in different ways on the chair. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Milligan was released in 1988 after a decade in mental hospitals and discharged from the Ohio mental health system and the Ohio courts on August 1st, 1991. (laughs) In 1996, he lived in California where he owned Stormy Life Productions. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And was going to make a short film, which apparently has never been made. His location thereafter remained for a long time unknown, his former acquaintances having lost contact with him. 
I just want to know what that short film was going to be. I know. <laughs> With a name like Stormy Life Productions. He was going to make porn. I think he was going to make porn. I mean, hello, I bet that, Boogie Nights. <laughs> I bet that was Elena's idea. Uh, Adelina. Adelina. I bet that was Adelina's. Adelina. <laughs> yeah. That girl. I mean, probably. Yeah. The people once closest to him haven't heard from him in at least 10 years. Not the doctor who treated him. Not the best-selling author who wrote two books about him. Not his mother. A man in California has several thousand dollars to give him if he could just find him. But it's never been easy getting close to Billy Milligan. So where is he now? You might ask. <laughs> you may ask. <laughs> Milligan died of cancer at a nursing home in Columbus, Ohio on December 12th, 2014. He was 59. Bye-bye. Yeah. So sad. Sad for him, but I want to know how he got out of the mental hospitals. Because it doesn't seem like he was managing very well. I don't know. He was just... The system sucks. Yeah. The system sucks. But apparently he didn't do anything else after that, so maybe yeah. he was reformed. So, just for funsies. Yeah? Let's, um, we all know that Billy Milligan is his core personality. Yes. Let's talk about some of his alters. Oh! I'm so excited. <laughs> You're doing it. Okay. I'm going to do it. Okay. Arthur is an extremely sophisticated and educated Englishman. An expert in science and medicine with a focus on hematology, he is in the spot that is in charge of the shared body during times that required intellectual thinking. Arthur is one of only two personalities who could classify a person in the group as an undesirable. So I guess him and Billy picked oh. the undesirables? Yes. Okay. And then Reagan, I'm going to try to say it again. Reagan... <laughs> Vadaskovanich yes. <laughs> is the keeper of hate. Yeah. His name comes from the words rage again. Reagan describes himself as Yugoslavian, has a Slavic accent, can write and speak in Serbian, and is extraordinarily strong. He controls the spot in dangerous times and can designate group members as undesirable. He admitted committing robbery in order to support the family, but had no knowledge of the rapes. Okay. Yeah. Alan is a con man and a manipulator. He is the most common person to talk to the outside world. He plays the drums and paints portraits. Also, the only right-handed self. He is the only personality that smokes cigarettes. wonder if the other personalities get pissed when it's their turn to be in the spot. And they smell like cigarettes. Or they're hacking up a lung. Ew. I'd be so pissed at Alan. I would be too. Take a drink. Uh, I'm, I'm going to have to. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I can't with Alan. Yeah. Oh, keep going. Okay. It gets... Okay. Yep. Tommy is the escape artist. He is often confused with Alan. He plays the tenor sax and is an electronics expert. He is also a painter specializing in landscapes. So much talent amongst these uh, personalities here. And we have Danny, who is afraid of people, especially men. He only paints still lives, still lifes, and never paints landscapes. 
He says this was because Chalmer made him dig his own grave and buried him in it. Hmm. What? Yep. Oh, my God. Yep. Yep. David, age eight, is the keeper of pain. He (laughs) comes to the spot to take the pain of the others. Poor David. What a (laughs) shitty job. I mean, somebody's got to do it. No. Man, fuck that. But why you got to give an eight-year-old? Rise up, David. Rise up. You have to give an eight-year-old that responsibility. Uh, Like, why? It's not okay. It's too much. Okay, the next altar is Christine, age three, was the one who would stand in the corner in school when Billy would get in trouble. She has dyslexia, but Arthur taught her to read and write. Reagan has a special bond with her. Isn't that cute? Yeah. There's Christopher, Christine's brother, who plays the harmonica. Adelina, a lesbian, cooks and cleans house for the others and writes poetry. Milligan's attorney claimed that Adelina had admitted to committing the rapes without the knowledge of Milligan or the other altars. Phil is a thug and took part in planning (laughs) some of the small-time crimes. Has a Brooklyn accent. Um, Go ahead. (laughs) Marked due to him being a criminal. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Kevin is a criminal planner. He helped devise a plan to rob a drugstore, labeled also because he is a criminal. Well, Kevin sucks uh, because Billy got caught. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Walter is Australian. He calls himself a big game hunter and has an excellent sense of direction, was often used as a spotter. He was labeled because he shot and killed a crow. Okay. April only has thoughts about destroying Billy's stepfather, declared an undesirable when she convinced Reagan to kill Chalmer. Luckily, though, Arthur was able to talk him out of it at the last second. I'm glad they all communicate. Yeah, this is so so bizarre. It's so weird. Oh, my God, it's so weird. Samuel is a Jewish person and the only one who believes in God, was marked because he sold some of the other people's personal paintings. They got pissed. Okay. Mark is the workhorse. He is often referred to as the zombie because he does nothing unless he is told and will stare at walls when bored. Okay. Mm. Steve is the imposter. He uses imitations for comedy. Steve never accepted that he was an MP, so I guess a multiple personality. Yeah. He was made to be undesirable because his comedy caused the family problems. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Lee is the prankster and his practical jokes normally get the family into trouble. Him and Steve are probably best buds. Probably. He does not care about consequences for his actions. He was also made an undesirable because one of his jokes put them into solitary confinement. I want to know what that joke was. Yeah. (laughs) Damn. I need them to elaborate on some things. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Jason is the pressure valve. He was used at the beginning to release tension for the family, but he caused them to get into too much trouble and was marked as an undesirable. Bobby always dreams of leading some adventure or fixing some global crisis, but he has no ambitions and was labeled (laughs) due to the, due to that fact. (laughs) 
Sean, who is four and deaf, makes buzzing sounds so he can feel the vibration in his head. He was labeled an undesirable because there was no benefit from being deaf later on in life. What the fuck? <laughs> I know. I know. Even though he is an undesirable, he will never cast into the shadows beyond the spot. He was just never allowed to take the spot. Okay. He's just kind of chilling. Martin is a snob from New York. He wants things just handed over to him without earning them. Don't we all, Martin? Yes, Quinn. (laughs) (laughs) Timothy worked in a florist shop until he encountered a gay man who flirted with him. He went into his own world after that. (laughs) You work in a florist shop, bruh. (laughs) I, I know. I mean, what do you expect? What do you expect? The teacher was by far the greatest milestone to helping Billy achieve fusion. He is the sum of all 24 people put together and has almost total recall of all the other people's actions and thoughts. Hmm. So, if you want to go to the notes. Yep, I do. There is a picture (laughs) of, it's an illustration of the different minds of Billy Milligan. It's illustrations of each of his personalities and these are awesome. Yeah. It's so great. Yeah, I really like this one. So, yeah, I'm glad it's you my found favorite. that. Yeah, Reagan does not look how I pictured him, though. No, not at all. He has a lot more hair mm-hmm. than I pictured. But I mean, he he was kind of I don't know. It was like Reagan and Adelina were like the worst, pretty much. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, apparently. There's some films based on this fella. Mm-hmm. The first one is The Crowded Room, starring Leonardo DiCaprio, but it was never actually filmed because of money issues. So it was written, but didn't yeah, ever just like kind of come to fruition. Yeah. And then Split. Y'all might know this one. It was based on him after all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, it was. We were discussing Split before we started this episode. Yeah, we were. Yeah. We can have different opinions. It's worth a watch. It is worth a watch. I mean. At least one. Please tell me y'all have seen it by now. (laughs) Come on. I'm not going to give any spoilers, but. It's good. I've watched it twice and I won't watch it again. Amanda loves Split. I do. (laughs) (laughs) It's so good. (laughs) I like it. I don't know. I just. That was it. That was my case. Yay! She did it. She did it. I made it through. <sighs> what do you have? For, I'm just now opening this up for the first time. And I really, like, I really don't know anything about this one. She just sent me an article I without found reading the article, the article. And I read, like, the first paragraph. And I was like, yes! That's it! I mean, that's usually how I pick them in the first place. <laughs> but... Yeah, so Billy was like, he was more known. I, I've never heard of this one. Um, before you get started, though, I do want to throw a little disclaimer out there. Okay. That um, if your trigger is um, abuse, physical and sexual abuse against children, you may want to skip. Jesus Christ, Brittany, really? You picked You're, it? Yeah, but... I'm just saying, like, I did not put <laughs> details. Okay. I did not. There's a a couple of small 
There's like a paragraph's worth of details because I felt like it was important to know a little bit the extent. Okay. Yeah. But it's not super detailed. It. I mean, there was a long period of abuse and I didn't didn't go into all of it. So, but I just wanted to throw that out there. Y'all are, y'all have been warned that it's a little heavy. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> you just read the first paragraph, didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, fuck. Okay. You, you picked it. Okay. So okay. my case is about Jenny Haynes. As a child, Jenny Haynes was repeatedly raped and tortured by her father, Richard Haynes in what is said to be one of the worst child abuse cases in Australia. We have a picture of Jenny. Jenny, it, Jenny is a little baby? Jenny? It's the one that just says Jenny, yeah. Okay. Oh, she's so cute. Strawberry blonde hair. Yeah. Little, little ginger baby. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. I don't like that first sentence already. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. To cope with the horror, her mind began creating new identities to detach from the pain. Yes. The abuse was so extreme and so persistent, she says she ultimately generated 2,500, huh? Yeah, 2,500 distinct personalities to survive. Jenny confronted her father to present evidence against him. Through her personalities, including a four-year-old girl named Symphony. Oh, I know. It is believed to be the first case in Australia and possibly the world where a victim with diagnosed dissociative identity disorder, or DID, has testified using their personalities and secured a conviction. We weren't scared. Oh, this is a quote mm-hmm. from her. We weren't scared. We. <laughs> okay. Her personalities. Yeah. We had waited such a long time to tell everyone exactly what he did to us, and now he couldn't shut us up. Bitch. The, I added the There's bitch. no bitch in the quote. I added the bitch. <laughs> <laughs> the Haynes family moved from London to Australia in 1974. Jenny was four years old, but her father had already begun his abuse. I have a photo of Jenny. You, we have a photo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh my god! I know. She's, look at Jenny too. Look at her little hands. Oh, she's so cute. And just oh my god, she's adorable. Breaking my heart. Uh, once they moved to Sydney, the abuse became more sadistic and more frequent. You got to warn me when it's coming up. Is this it? No. Okay. <laughs> this is a quote. This from is her a quote. Guy. My dad's abuse was calculated, and it was planned. It was deliberate, and he enjoyed every minute of it, Jenny told the court in a victim statement. She waved her anonymity. (laughs) (laughs) Right? (laughs) Anonymity. As a victim of abuse, so her father could be identified. Quote, he heard me beg him to stop. He heard me cry. He saw the pain and terror he was inflicting upon me. He saw the... He saw the blood and the physical damage he caused, and the next day he chose to do it all again. God. Haynes also brainwashed his daughter into thinking he could read her mind. He threatened to kill her mother, brother, and sister if she even thought about the abuse or let alone told them. 
I have a picture of fuckhead with the kids. Mm-hmm. Richard with kids. Mm. Oh, okay. The other one's blurred out. Yeah. Okay. I don't like him. He's got the serial killer glasses. Uh-huh. Yep. Mm-mm. He's got the kid already. I don't like him at all. Uh, she says, my inner life was invaded by dad. I couldn't even feel safe in my own head, Jenny said. I could no longer examine what was happening to me and draw my own conclusions. She composed her thoughts through song lyrics and tried to hide them. Her father restricted her social activities at school to minimize her contact with other adults. Jenny learned to keep herself small and silent because if she were to be noticed, she would be punished. For example... When her swimming coach approached her father to encourage her natural talent, she was tortured. What? Oh, my God. Okay. What? This next paragraph is the bad paragraph. Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Jenny would often pass out due to the violent nature of the sexual abuse. Her father used her hand puppet sweep to muffle her screams and cries while raping her. Another time when Jenny was barely four years old, she was forced to touch her father's penis. Haynes told her, only you can help me like this. You have a great touch. You don't want to hurt your mom or sister. Mom. Mom. Yeah. <laughs> I can't. I know. He's awful. This is the worst part. So He's read a it. fucking monster. Just read it quickly. From the time she was five years old, her father marked each of his daughter's, birth- daughter's birthdays with a sadistic birthday ritual. Ritual where he forced her to give birth to a small plastic cuppy? Cupy. Cupy? Doll. Yeah. What the fuck? What? Yeah. So he would... For her birthday, he would make her emulate giving birth. Did he put it in her? I don't know. That was the extent of the details, and that's all I wanted to know. I I, I don't want to know, but the question popped out. Since you didn't even know what a Cupid doll is, I put a picture of one in the notes. There's a Cupid doll. Oh, I've seen that. I know what that is. Yeah. Oh. I know. No. That is fucked up. I know. He's a monster. <sighs> Complete. 100%. The abuse, the abuse would continue until Jenny was 11 when the family moved back to the U.K., her parents divorced shortly after in 1984. Yay! Finally. Goodbye, Richard. She believes no one, not even her mother, was aware that of what she was going through. Okay. I don't believe that for a second. Mm. And you will know why when you read the next paragraph. Well, just as a mom. Like, yeah. I- no. But read this next paragraph and then we can rage because her mother knew. Okay. Jenny was also denied medical care for her injuries from beatings and sexual abuse, which have developed into serious lifelong conditions. Now Jenny has irreparable damage to her eyesight, jaw, bowel, anus, and coccyx. That's the tailbone. These have required extensive surgeries, including a colostomy operation in 2011. If your baby daughter... Has that many injuries of that nature? How do you not know? I'm sorry. Her mom knew and was in denial. 
I can't. I can't. Okay. You remember you chose this case. I did. I did. I, I told y'all I didn't, I didn't go this far into it. Okay. That was the worst part though. Okay. Jenny first reported the abuse in 2009. Picture of Jenny now. It says Jenny now. I'm so glad you went basic on your stuff. <laughs> Ooh. Hey, honey. Yeah. Oh, my. Yeah. She, um. Can I just say? You, you can. I love her purple glasses. I freaking love her purple glasses. Yes. And there were a lot of pictures of her, but in a lot of them, she was very emotional. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to put a picture of her that, I mean, she looks kind of happy. I mean, we, you did happy childhood pictures. So, yeah, yeah let's, let's keep her like this. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's how we should picture her. Mm-hmm. Woo. Okay. It has taken 10 years for the police investigation to lead to Richard Haynes' conviction. He was extradited from Darlington in Northeast England in 2017, where he had served a seven-year sentence for another crime. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. He had been living among Jenny's extended family, where he cast his daughter as a liar and manipulator, of course. Since learning of the abuse, Jenny's mother has become her strongest supporter in pursuit of justice. Whatever. Whatever, bitch. For decades, I I don't know, maybe she was... No. 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 But for decades, Jenny had struggled to receive help for her trauma. She says counselors and therapists turned her away because her story sparked disbelief. Just disbelief. Or was so traumatic that they could not deal with it. Same. Mm. I don't want to deal with it either. But, mm, no. Those injuries. Yeah. Australian experts refer to Jenny's condition as DID and say it is heavily linked to experiences of extreme child abuse and it was supposed to be a safe environment that she was in. You know, I mean, like, that's your home. That's your sanctuary. Despite being a widely accepted and evidence-based diagnosis these days, DID commonly raises doubt among the general population and even some medical circles. Jenny says her DID saved her life and saved her soul. Oh, this is like the total opposite spectrum. Mm -hmm. But in the same condition and her underlying trauma have also resulted in great hardship. She has spent her life studying, getting a master's and a PhD in legal studies. Go girl. Hell yeah. In philosophy. Oh, but she has struggled to manage full-time work. She lives with her mother, both of them reliant on their welfare pensions to get by. Damn. But what a, what a fucking queen getting her master's and PhD. Yeah. Damn. In, well, in two subjects, legal studies and philosophy. Fucking get it. I'm proud. Mm-hmm. That, that's some hard shit to overcome. About two and a half hours into Symphony's testimony on the second day of the trial, her father changed his plea to guilty on 25 charges. Richard now. Go look at him. Or don't. Or don't. It's not. He's he's awful. He's an awful human. He's a creepy. 
He's uh, like the epitome of a creepy ass pedophile. Mm-hmm. I don't, he's the worst. He's an awful, 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 bad human. Bad, bad. <laughs> I can't. It's like you're talking to a dog. <laughs> bad human. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe somebody just needed to ant <laughs> him. Yeah, he just needed to be popped on the nose with a newspaper. <sighs> Dozens more were counted towards his sentencing. What? Richard Haynes was sentenced to 45 years in jail by a Sydney court. Who the fuck else did he... No, it was still her. Oh, still her. Okay. Just more, dozens more charges came up. (sighs) In Jenny's impact, victim impact statement, she said she and her personalities spent our lives being weary, constantly on guard. We have to hide our multiplicity and strive for consistency in behavior, attitude, conversation, and beliefs, which is often impossible. Having 2,500 different voices, opinions, and attitudes is extremely hard to manage, she says. Her 74-year-old father sat listening to her detail the damaging abuse with a slight smile on his mother. Probably much like face. the one in the picture. Ooh. Haynes who is suffering from poor health, aww, I have no fucking sympathy, will serve at least 33 years before he is eligible for parole. Sentencing Judge Sarah Huggett, Huggett, Huggett out, it. Yeah. said he would likely die in jail. Good. His crimes were profoundly disturbing and perverted and completely abhorrent and appalling, she said. Judge Huggett, said that it was impossible for the sentence to reflect the gravity of the crime. Agreed. And I thought I put it in here, but odds not. Um, She had also said in another article I read that the reason she gave him 45 years was for the number of years that uh, Jenny had to put up with him because he was going to die in jail regardless because he's 74 years old. I like that judge. Yeah. Although I think they should. Because she's pretty much giving him 45 years. She already gave him life. He's not going to live to the 33 years no, of parole. No. He's 74. No. She guaranteed it. He, he's yeah. definitely going to die in there. Good. Damn. Okay. Garbage. So much garbage Dude, in this episode. We did totally swap roles this week completely because that was some heavy shit, Brittany. <laughs> Sorry, you she it. she usually does the heavier case. I thought it would be like totally off the wall, crazy, unusual shit when I saw the twenty five hundred. It was not. I totally, okay. But we did like your stuff is usually more gruesome and my stuff is usually more off the wall. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> Swapsies. <laughs> I hope y'all liked it. That was actually kind of fun. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> Stressful a little bit. I couldn't speak, but, it was good. but it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's all fine. We did it. Ooh, I, go rate us on Apple Podcasts. Oh, do that. So, here's the thing. What? Me and Amanda sort of tossed this around, but I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there right now. I'm just going to throw it out there. Oh, God damn. Just rip the fucking band-aid off. I'm going to. Okay. 
the first 10 people to write a review on Apple will get a sticker. Not just rate, y'all. You have to write a review. Type some words. One sentence. Tell us why you love us. Yeah. Let let all the people know. Be supportive. Okay. So do we want to tell them what the stickers are? They're going to be beautiful black and purple stickers with oddities and curiosities on it. I kind of like it. You know you want one. You know you need one. Stick it on your cups. Stick it on your car. Stick it on your ass. I don't Wherever. Shit. Wherever. <laughs> Wherever. But y'all know yes. y'all want a sticker. Yes. Everybody I want a sticker. Stickers. I want a sticker. Yeah. So if you want a sticker. Oh, and if your review is good, we'll shout you out. Everybody loves shout outs. Yes. Yeah. We will definitely strive shout you to out. be the best so you can get a shout out. <laughs> you can it. do it. it. <laughs> be the best you can be. Motivation for Brittany. <laughs> it's always good. It makes me really sad when I go to check our Apple and there's no reviews on there yet. No, we've got ratings, but we need yeah. we need it. We need a little bit more. Yes. We love y'all so much, and y'all do y'all really do a lot. We really thank you, love. Thank you, thank you. We really love the verbal praise, but it would help us out tremendously if you could just tell us those things in, in an writing. Apple review. Go type it out. <laughs> go type it out, please. And the first 10 people will get a sticker. Yep. Absolutely. And a shout out. And nobody has stickers yet. So. Nobody. Nobody. I don't think. They haven't even been made yet. <laughs> they are in the works. They're in the works. But. It's it's an exclusive thing. So really, so, don't you want to be a part of something exclusive? VIPs. Hello. Right. Okay. Okay. Come on, queens. <laughs> okay. Just do it. So while you're doing that. Mm-hmm. You might as well go ahead and make sure that you like us and follow us on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Do all those things, Mm -hmm. you know, for your pictures, for pictures of the hump day treats. And we try to tag those businesses, too. So if you're like, ooh, that daiquiri sounds good. I want to try that. You can click on that business name and find out a little bit more about them. Ooh, that pizza looks good. You know, let's, let's do that. Well, and even if you're not local... Branch out and find some stuff around your town. Yes. It doesn't have to be what we're treating ourselves to, but we want to know what y'all's treats are, too. Share your treats with us. Yeah. You can post on our page. We love to look at pictures of food. We will approve it. Yeah, we, we are always hungry. Always. <laughs> All the time. Show us your food porn. Yeah. Come on, people. <laughs> oh, my God. Hit me with that beautiful bean <laughs> footage. <laughs> I can't with you. I can't. (laughs) We're leaving that in there. (laughs) We broke Amanda. (laughs) I'm laughing so hard. I have no sound. (laughs) Only dogs can hear you now. (laughs) Your cheeks are, yep. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Food porn. <laughs> we also we also do fun things on the social media. Yeah, we do. We post some really good tips. <laughs> gardening. There's gardening tips. Auto salvage tips. There's tips. Yeah. Everywhere. We will help you run your life successfully. <laughs> 
<laughs> we are kicking ass at adulting right now. Can't yeah, you tell? Yeah, we are. <laughs> we need more wine. <laughs> we ran out we really fast. We <laughs> We ran out really fast. Okay. So, yeah. Go do all that. <laughs> Get you some stickers. I forgot where we left off. Okay. I don't know. I'm just Did trying to recap. And- okay. And, and the reviews. And, oh. Okay. Hit me. <laughs> we need to shout out Amanda Haggins for her beautiful artwork. Fuck you. Don't say it like that. <laughs> Amanda Haggins for her beautiful artwork. That's Yay, better. Amanda. That's better. Okay. And Craig, Craig Weaver. Weaver for his awesome music. And Stephen Gowetsky for his awesome editing. Thank and you. Only making us sound half retarded. I'm okay with it. Yeah, it's better than full blown. Thank you for taking out the full-blown stupidity moment. Yes. We should do bloopers. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Should we, though? (laughs) Well, we can pick and choose. (laughs) Eventually, we'll have a Patreon, and maybe we'll grace you with some bloopers. Maybe. Hmm. There might be some special privileges with those. Yeah. Yeah. Are we done? We've beat this horse. I think we have. Time to get. I think we have. Okay. So, if you guys have made it this far. All my personalities we, are tired. Yes, all of them. And you'd like to stick around for more. Come back next week. Thank you. Thank you. We love you. Yeah.